It's Thursday, February the 27th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, COVID-19 spreads even further, and Disney get a new boss. First, the world in brief. More new cases of COVID-19 are now being reported outside China than within, the World Health Organization said. South Korea has the next largest outbreak with about 1,600 confirmed cases. New infections were reported in at least five European countries, most of them connected to a cluster in Italy. Brazil confirmed Latin America's first. Vice President Mike Pence was tasked with leading America's response. A Californian apparently became the first person in the country to contract COVID-19 without it being linked to a trip abroad. Saudi Arabia barred foreign pilgrims from Mecca. Russia will hold a referendum on April 22nd on constitutional revisions being considered by its parliament, said Vladimir Putin, the country's president. The existing rules bar him from running again after his fourth term ends in 2024, but changing the constitution could reset the clock or allow him to retain de facto power as head of a beefed-up state council. Turkey's president Recep Tayyip Erdogan said that his country's forces stationed in northwestern Syria would push the Syrian army back from their international border by the end of this month. The Syrians, backed by Russia, have been advancing around Idlib, the last stronghold of rebels supported by the Turks. Nearly one million refugees have become stranded between the two armies. Rioting in Delhi quietened as hospitals and morgues counted the dead. 28 people killed and hundreds injured. Hindu mobs had looted and burned Muslim shops and homes and desecrated a mosque. The chief minister of India's capital called on the army to keep the peace, but that authority lies with the national government, which prevaricated about the cause of the violence. Rio Tinto unveiled its highest annual profit in eight years, aided by a rise in iron ore prices. The Anglo-American giant, one of the world's largest iron ore miners, made revenues across the group of $43.1 billion, up from $40.5 billion last year. However, it warned that the fall in the price of raw materials since the spread of COVID-19 would hit revenues and profits this year. Ethiopia asked America to postpone forthcoming talks about its Blue Nile Dam project due to be hosted in Washington, D.C. The hydropower project has caused a long-running diplomatic scuffle between Ethiopia and the two countries downstream, Sudan and Egypt. Most points have been resolved, but final niggles were due to be worked out by the end of the month. Ethiopia did not explain why it requested a delay. And Germany's constitutional court overturned a law from 2015 forbidding assisted suicide. Germany's big churches staunchly oppose euthanasia, which in the country carries the taint of eugenic abuse by the Nazi regime. But the challenge was brought by doctors in palliative care who saw terminally ill patients going to neighbouring countries for help to die. And now here's today's agenda. A hard act to follow. Bob Iger leaves Disney. Now that the tributes to Disney's Bob Iger have been written, his successor as chief executive, Bob Chapek, begins the seemingly impossible task of following him. That is not just because Mr. Iger was so universally respected, but because Disney is in the midst of the most challenging business transformation in its history, from a producer of content into a direct-to-consumer distributor. 
The launch into Netflix-like streaming services has gone superbly well, but Disney has entered a cutthroat marketplace and must emerge as one of the few big winners to thrive. At first sight, Mr. Chapek may not seem to be the right fit for the job. He is known as a genial and talented manager, but not as a visionary. However, Disney is the media industry's most complex business, and Mr. Chapek probably knows it better than anyone other than Mr. Iger. Succeeding Mr. Iger may just be the job for an ultimate insider. Punch Drunk AB InBev's Earnings The brewing giant began 2019 needing cash. Today's full-year earnings report will reveal just how much it raised. AB InBev took on over $100 billion in debt to acquire its rival SAB Miller in 2016. Since then, the company has lost ground to craft beer makers in America and struggled in emerging markets, which made repaying its debts harder. To reduce the load, the company raised $5 billion from floating shares in its Asian business on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange last September. Its attempts to sell off its Australian assets worth $11 billion to Asahi, a Japanese brewer, have been less successful. Australia's competition regulators are delaying the deal. AB InBev will probably report it still has a long way to go before the debt is under control. For his part, the company's long-serving chief financial officer, Felipe Dutra, is through with managing it. He announced his retirement earlier this month. Fighting, fighting, South Korea's economy. South Korea's economy had been expected to strengthen this year thanks to an upswing in demand for the country's high-tech products and a downturn in global trade tensions. But those hopes have been dashed by the new coronavirus. Its economic symptoms are many and various. Consumer confidence has tumbled. The number of cinema-goers from February 17th to 23rd was down by 57% year-on-year. The disease has also hampered production. About 1,500 workers for Samsung Electronics have quarantined themselves after one was confirmed to have contracted COVID-19. At its meeting today, the Bank of Korea, the country's central bank, acknowledged that growth has weakened and inflation would fall further below its 2% target. But it was not yet ready to cut interest rates. It has, however, changed the way it communicates its inertia. Instead of discussing its decision in a packed press conference which might spread the disease, it chose to hold a webinar on YouTube and Facebook. Entente Italienne, Macron meets Conte. The Italian Prime Minister Giuseppe Conte, flanked by a posse of his cabinet, will welcome France's President Emmanuel Macron to Naples today for talks. They will attempt to restore some warmth to ties between their two countries. Last year, relations between Mr Macron and Mr Conte's previous government, a populist coalition of the hard-right Northern League and the maverick five-star movement, M5S, became so tense that France withdrew its ambassador from Rome. Since the M5S joined forces with the mainstream centre-left Democratic Party, the relationship has improved. But one reason Mr Macron lost his cool was a meeting by the then-Deputy Prime Minister Luigi Di Maio of the M5S with representatives of the Gilets Jaunes, Yellow Vests, whose violent protests threatened to topple the President. Mr Di Maio, now Foreign Minister, will be in Naples. He will, no doubt, mind his manners this time. Banged up, Bangladeshi politics. 
Today, a court in Dhaka will announce whether Khaled Azia, the leader of the opposition Bangladesh Nationalist Party, is to be granted bail. A medical board has determined that Mrs. Zia, who is 74, is in a crippled state and needs better treatment for her rheumatoid arthritis. Her family says that she did not speak a word when they visited on February 21st. The former Prime Minister was sentenced to 17 years in prison in 2018 for misusing money from a trust set up in memory of Zia Rahman, her husband, who was assassinated when president in 1981. Mrs Zia's party has been out of power since 2006 and now has no MPs. Sheikh Hasina, the current Prime Minister and herself 72 years old, has said her longtime rival is getting the facilities that a king usually gets. It seems that the bitter feud between the two women who have dominated Bangladeshi politics since 1991 will only end with their passing. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Lillian Gish, who passed away on this day in 1993. If you're caught acting, nobody believes you. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.